Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Bible Study, or a sports announcer, I don't know. Anyway, um, cool, yeah, I might change it up each time, we'll see how it goes. Um, so this will be the uh, the start, um, although I'll probably start from John 1 um, to upload those ones, but uh, anyway, welcome everybody, um, glad you all came out. Um, cool, so we were in John 8 last time, so you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, whatever you want to turn to, um, to John 9. I'm change it up a bit. I'm gonna pray before we start today. Bonus prayer, yeah. In the middle, um, every 34 seconds, I'm gonna break out in prayer. Um, God, thank you for this evening, um, just for this beautiful day that you made. Um, yeah, you know, I was just about to say, and I just remember that was part of the lyric too. That I choose to pray, I choose to praise and glorify your name, God. Um, let that be something that we daily choose to do, um, and hourly choose to do, and moment choose to do um, every moment of every day choose to praise and glorify your name um, yeah and just uh, help me to um, speak your word and um, if I speak anything that isn't in your word um, to help correct it and yeah let's be a great conversation about who you are in Jesus name amen cool um, Before I jump in, I wanna I wanna start with a little um, a little story, a little praise report, testimony, and uh, something that just happened. Um, handful of you know, not not probably even half of the people in this room know. Um, this past Friday, like three days ago, I got in a car accident, um, and I was on my way home from work. It was rainy, um, and um, just a bad call on on my part. Um, unfortunately, it was my fault, um, but. I hit another driver. Um, this is not a fake made-up Ben story for those who have heard my many fake made-up Ben stories before. This is an actual um, story. Um, but I, I hit another driver. Um, I'm okay. The other driver's okay. There's not a scratch on either of us. It's just, you know, car damage um, and one street sign. Um, and, uh, and, and part of a tree. Um, it really just knocked the bark off the tree, really. I just drove past it. The tree's still there. It's just a little bit of the bark that's gone. Um, anyway, um, I, I've heard God speak a lot to me in the past three days. Um, one just about, um, my driving and, you know, allowing more, allowing more space. Um, but, uh, two, I, I learned that I'm not invincible, um, because I've kind of, you know, gotten, um, Others would use this word. I don't use the word reckless, but um, very comfortable in uh, my driving habits um, and stuff. And uh, so God's speaking to me in that. Um, I'm since then have corrected my driving. Um, um, the biggest way that God has spoken to me since this um, is uh, to, to praise God in everything. Um, which is really easy to say when everything is going really well and everything is just happy and everything is just like going your way. It's just a great week and everything. Yes, praise God. Yes, everything's going great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Like, oh, everything's going good. It's so easy to do that. Um, it can also be easy to forget about God in those times. But for me, I find it easy to really praise God in, in the good times. Um, um, 
going through insurance and stuff like that, um, I also learned the importance of having collision on your policy because <laughs> I was cheap and decided I don't need it since it's optional. Why pay more? Um, mistake. Um, learning a lot. Um, but something that God is showing me um, through Yana is um, what she said to me really stuck out and things continued to, to stick out from there. Uh, I said, I, I really hope, even though I know it's my fault, um, the accident, I, I know it's my fault. I'm, I'm sure Geico, my insurance um, company will find fault in me too because I'm at fault. So they will likely find fault in me. But I said, oh man, praise God if they don't find fault in me. And Yana said, but also praise God if they do. Praise God in everything. Boom roasted. Wow. <laughs> did I lose it? <laughs> uh, I said, oh, it's so true. Um, next morning, uh, Saturday, we're on our way to, um, her dad's shop, who's a mechanic and, um, which is also a huge blessing. And I get my car, start up my car the radio comes on as it does because I leave the car radio on and it's in the middle of a song. And the first lyric that comes on when I turn on the car is, um, if you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. Excuse my horrible singing. <laughs> if you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. And it hit me so hard. Like the mo I kid you not, there wasn't a word before or anything. It was, car start up. If you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. I'm in the car. I had to hobble in from the passenger side because my driver's side door is crunched in. And I'm alive and breathing. So I'm going to praise the Lord. And, and in every situation good or bad you know it's a choice it's a choice to to choose to praise and choose to um glorify instead of you know comp complain or or whatever else um but yeah so i just want to share that as um testimony and to that's a choice you know you can choose to praise god when things are bad you can choose to praise god when things are good um you can choose to ignore him or to blame him also um it's all your choice um but Take it for as you will. Um, yeah. If you're curious about other details of the car accident, I'll share that later, but not during Bible study right now. Um, one, one other thing from that, and I put it in a message, um, which I'll just read briefly because I actually like the word, the way that I had worded it. Um, just about God's goodness. Um, just through that whole thing, you know, that, that moment really hit me. I've been listening to that song. Um, the song is called Alive and Breathing by Matt Marr. Um, but just just the realization or the deepening realization that God is so good, period. Not if, not God is good when, not God is good if this happens, when this happens, not you know anything else other than just God is good, period. All the time. <laughs> and and it's as simple as that. Just that he is good. Not because, you know, I walked away from it. Not because anything else. If if I had gotten cuts and bruises or my airbags went off, God is still good. It doesn't change anything. The circumstance doesn't change God's goodness. Um, but just God is good, period. No, nothing else. No strings attached. No conditions. Just God is good. Um that's that's kind of been my past few days of um, what God has been speaking to me.
Um, cool. So we're going to jump into John 9. Um, really good stuff here. Um, it's not a super, super long chapter, but it's also not super short. But it's also um, kind of broken up into a, a big segment and then a small segment. Um, so let's read uh, John 9, 1 through 15. Somebody want to read 1 through 15? If we don't want to read all of it, you can just read part and then pass it. Go for it. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us, assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam? Siloam. Huh? Siloam. Siloam. Okay. Um, Siloam means set. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar <coughs> asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed. And now I can see. Actually, that's that's good right there, actually. Cool. Thank you. All right. What happened here? What do you guys see going on? He was blind. Now I can see. see. Yeah. <laughs> but the other people didn't believe him because it's not, it couldn't have been the same guy because before he couldn't see. So they, they're like, you can't be the man because before you couldn't see. Now you can. That's it must be somebody else. Yeah. Go for it. I was saying that I also see it in John 9, same thing as in John 8, where Jesus doesn't put the glory to him, per se, because he's not trying to be the king of this of the Jews. He's not trying to be the ruler of them. He's saying, look, he's blind because it's too... What exact words? It was... So, yeah, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Hmm. I have a different version that might look seem to sound a little different, but that but I see that and I just think it speaks great words of Jesus that even though he is our Lord and Savior, he still says, Look, I'm not the king. God is king. We need to praise God. And this is the reason why things happen. It's just so you can see God's work through me, through Jesus. Awesome. I think it's interesting that the disciples' first reaction is to ask whether it was his sins or his parents' sins that made him blind. Like, that was kind of the general assumption at the time, was that if somebody, like, was blind or lame or had some other disability, it must have been because somebody did something wrong, like, that they're, like, stained by sin. Um, which, I guess, 
is true in a way just because we're, we're born into a sinful world and that's the reason why we have like sickness and disabilities and things like that um but it, yeah it's just interesting that that's the first approach they take um and jesus like totally doesn't see it that way he sees like a, a much greater purpose yeah that. yeah that's good yeah they're 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 asking him you know his disciples even started asking so like it's not necessarily you know, a, a setup like the Pharisees had in the previous chapter where they're like, hey, let's let's drag this woman out and like, let's try to trick Jesus. You know, it wasn't a setup. The disciples are asking like, hey, like, Jesus, why is this person blind? Did he sin? Did his parents sin? Like, who who sinned? What's going on? Why is he blind? And the they're making the blind man like the point of discussion um, where Jesus sees him as like an object of compassion, some someone to show compassion to. Um, and it's very similar to, uh, to Job, I think of where, you know, his, all of Job's friends are asking him like, Job, what did you do? Like, why, you know, you must have sinned against God that God's, uh, you know, cursing you with all these things, like your, your, your stock, your, you know, everything, your servants, your family, like all your sons just died. Like, Job, what did you do? And Job's like, I didn't do anything. And they're like, well, surely you must have done something like for, for this to happen. Um, and, and it was that question that, that, that why question that his, that Job's friends kept asking, like, why is this happening to you? Um, crazy enough, they actually believed at the time that there were, there were different theories going on, but that like you could, your soul could have sinned before you even born. And then there was a scripture about like, you know, before you even entered the door, um, which they're saying that like was the womb that you would have sinned. Um, so they're saying, you know, they're asking like, hey, like did this man sin before he was born? And Jesus is like, God's glory is going to be revealed here. No other reason than why, than why he is the way he is. Which has anybody ever... Imagine if, if that was our answer of the age old question for as long as there was time and as long as there was sin in the world, if, if God is a good God, why does he allow bad things to happen? Why does he allow bad things to happen to good people, you know? And it's a, it's a hard question to answer, especially when it's to someone who's asking because they have terminal cancer. And they're asking because they were born blind, you know, and it's not just like, oh, my life sucks. Like today really sucked. And it's like, why did good, why do bad things happen? Why does God allow bad stuff? It's like, you know, coming from someone who's like really, you know, down, someone who's really in a worse off spot. And the answer, Jesus answers it. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. I'm going to share a story. I don't know if I've shared this in this group before, maybe to like some people, but it's a, it's a story that um, my aunt shared with me. It was her personal experience. So um, she has a late husband who got diagnosed with, I'm not sure really what it exactly was, but it was life-threatening, and he was um, probably not going to survive through it, and he unfortunately didn't. But um, she shared with me that um, during the time of their marriage, she felt like she was outgrowing him in, in her faith, and she hated that because she wanted to be equal, equally yoked with him. So she felt like she was growing better in his faith than he was, and she felt like he was just, like, sitting there, just, like, in his faith, stuck in, like, one part of it. And she was just 
praying to God for something to bring them closer together, to bring them closer to God and everything, and like in the Word and everything. And um, and then he got diagnosed with this, and um, it was a prayer answered in a way that we would never expect. Like you never expect a prayer to be answered through a sickness or anything like that, but but through this sickness, they grew closer to God, and like his his peace was the only thing that was getting getting them through this, and. You know, her husband was on his deathbed and, like, giving glory to God. Like, he had peace over him. She had peace going through all of this. Her husband is, like, dying. And, I mean, you wouldn't expect somebody to have peace through that, but it was God. And it was an answer prayer. She was praying for them to come closer to God together. And this is what brought them closer. And he died giving glory to him. Hmm. And my aunt had peace through it because of God. So, like, it's just interesting because sometimes when we pray, like, we just pray for what we think is good. We're like, God, would you heal him? And make it happily ever after, but really, he did heal him in so much, in such a bigger sense than physical, he's healed him spiritually, he healed, he healed my aunt spiritually, and through, through the peace and love of God, and the grace and mercy, and all the, all this stuff, but um, yeah. it's just crazy, because like, our goodness doesn't always look like God's goodness, and he will bless us with things that we don't, we're like, this is not a blessing, what are you doing, <laughs> but really, it's like, he thinks in ways that we can't even comprehend, but we just have to trust in his plan, so like that's just like an example of this like this man was born blind and that might not seem good to others but it was it was a really great thing because jesus got to work a miracle and it, it was used as a witness to the rest of the people around mm. so yeah that's just what that's what that reminds me of cool thanks for sharing and you said uh some people were telling her that she didn't love her husband yeah some people were like how do you not care yeah like how do you not care that your husband died like he must have she must have not loved him enough or whatever like what mm. that's, that's terrible crazy. People. like what are you talking yeah. about yeah what are you doing yeah jeez it's funny because probably if if it was reversed and she was like totally torn up in grief mm -hmm. like couldn't even get out of bed people would be like okay like you're gonna have to get over it yeah like, exactly mm. and like the worst part is those people who are saying that actually were professed Christians who were like, oh. you don't even love him. Like, that's a shame. But if she was like grieving, she'd be like, they'd be like, I can already see them saying like, why don't you just lean on God? Why don't you pray? God's right, healing. God's gonna God. heal you. So yeah. it's like either way, it was. Which one? That's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. right. What do you guys think about verse one? Is there anything in particular that's interesting about verse one? How does he know he was blind from death? Birth. Birth. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know, we, know sorry. Meant, we know what you meant. It got his fun day, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you got long two weeks of abuse. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good observation. I think it's interesting. I think what you're you might be trying to point out is he passed by. It doesn't say he like stopped. The disciples asked him as he passed by, uh, but it doesn't look like he's particularly stopping. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's interesting that, you know, in in a lot of other times where people are healed and a miracle is performed through Jesus, people come to Jesus. You know, the woman with the with the bleeding for all those years, she came to him, she sought him out. Um the um the centurion, um, you know, his son was dying and he sought out Jesus and um, you know, Lazarus family came to Jesus when he died saying Jesus and um, uh, um, you know like all these people are coming after Jesus when they need something but the blind man didn't call him out Jesus 
Jesus took all the initiative here and he went to the blind man. Yeah, he didn't even see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. But yeah, so this time the the blind man didn't come to Jesus to be healed, but Jesus went to him this time. Um and also up to this point this is a unique miracle. There there has never been, you know, from the point of creation until this point, no prophet, priest, or anybody, Jesus hadn't ever healed a blind person. There's never been a blind person healed at this point. Um, and um, there's there's actually some verses in the Old Testament that, that kind of speak of this to come. Um, Psalm 146, 8 says, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. That's never happened. That was hundreds, maybe even a thousand years prior to Jesus, saying that the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. <laughs> um, again, in Isaiah 35, 5. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. And so that was kind of a specific work of the Messiah to come, of opening the blind eyes, literally the blind eyes, um, which I think is cool. You know, we see in, in different areas in the Old Testament of, you know, a prophecy to be fulfilled of what the Lord will do. Um, which, again, ironically enough, if these people had known, you know, their own scripture, they'd be like, wait, did it say in Psalm and Isaiah and that, like, the Lord will open the, um, the eyes of the blind? Um but again, they, they were all too, you know, spiritually blind to see that, which we'll see in a little bit. All right, anything else here before we move on? My, my only last thought is that I like the way, because Jesus could have just spoke and said, you know, see now. Or, and he's, you know, he speaks in other places and that, and people mm -hmm. are healed and everything. But he goes further than that and like you were saying like this the blind man didn't come to jesus but we see jesus like spit on the ground make mud put it on like reach out touch him put it on his eyes and he sees so that intentionality of moving towards the man and being intimate in that sense of like this this is how i choose to heal you um, is very, I think it's just a beautiful picture of like Jesus moving towards us, Jesus moving, you know, reaching out, um, to us and, and the woman, you mentioned the woman with the bleeding, like she just knew that if she touched him, she'd be healed. That was her faith that if she touched him, she'd be healed. And she was, mm -hmm. and he turns and he notices, like it's noticeable to him. And he says, who touched me? Like I felt the power go out of me and you know he he stoops to her level too in that in that sense so it's just it's really cool for me to see those moments of like intentional interaction that mm. jesus has with people that he he sees them just as much um yeah yeah that's a good observation and i think it's important to note that the mud itself did not heal the man mm. the there was nothing special about the dirt, there was nothing special about Jesus' spit. Um, it was the obedience, it was the faith. Just like the the lady who was bleeding, her physically touching the tassel on the end of his robe 
isn't what healed her. It's her faith in the one who she's seeking after that healed her. You know, if if I go outside and, and spit in mud and rub it in a blind person's eyes, if I'm doing that based off the fact that, hey, Jesus did this, so it's got to work, that it's a, that it's a party trick, it's not going to work. But the person, you know, genuine trust in Jesus, I'm not, I'm not going to say that's going to happen, but it could. God can use anything. I think it just goes to show that God can use anything and anyone that he chooses to. Um, but it brings about a question I have for you guys. Who would listen and obey Jesus if he asked you to rub this mud made from spit and dirt into your eyes to see? Like, or, or better yet, to what length of this craziness or this weird thing are you willing to go to obey Jesus? Rhetorical question, but just kind of something to think about. Of If Jesus asks you to do something so strange, so bizarre, something that makes maybe opposite sense of what you're trying to reach your goal of, of, God, I want to see how is putting something on my eye that's going to block any potential vision going to help me to see? It's crazy. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. When it's stirred up, yeah, the paralyzed like, man. Just stand up, just stand up and walk. And he's like, "You think no one has done that before? Like I've been, I've been trying to get down yeah. there." And he's like, "No, just stand up." It's like, "No, I need to get down there. Somebody needs to carry me." And Jesus is like, "No, you need to stand up and go." So like, I think about that a lot with like Jesus's direct commandments or like commands like go or stand up and walk or go wash off the mud or whatever. I think like if if Jesus actually spoke to me like that, where I actually listened, because he's very direct. He's like, "Go." Stand up and be healed, or go wash it off and be healed. And I'm like, well, actually, do I do that? Because he's very direct. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to say, you know, it's easier to say now, like, oh, yeah, of course I do that. Yeah, okay. But, like, when you're in the moment, you know, also my mind, uh, here's another insight to my mind, uh, as I shared a little bit last week. Here's what I think about how much spit did it take to make mud? Like, I don't think that's just like, and that's mud. Like, I just picture Jesus like spinning there for like a minute. Like, hold on, hold on. Let me build up some saliva here. All right, that looks good. And one more, like, and then he go, like, I don't know. That's just my mind. I'm just thinking about like, that seems like a lot of spit to to make it like enough mud to like, I don't know, be pliable there. Anyway. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, that's just a little insight to my mind of what I think about when I read it. All right. Um, good observations, guys. Good stuff. Um, who wants to pick it up? I think we're at verse 12 right now. Nope. No? 16. 16? No way. Yeah. No. I read all the way through 15. No, no, he stopped, stopped, stopped you. He stopped you. Remember? He stopped you. He stopped you. We're at 12. Oh, it's because on um, 11, at the end of 11, it says, I can see. And then at the end of uh, 15, it says, uh, I could yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <that's why. laughs> All right. Who wants to read it starting from I verse 12? It's okay. She said it's unconfident. I can see. I can see. All right. Verse 12. Who wants to take it? You don't have to read until the very end. I'll cut you off. I got it. Go for it. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know, he replied. 
Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, He put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how can how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What is your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked them, Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, We know this is our son, and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, He is old enough. Ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this, because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. Awesome. Thank you. What's going on in this part here? He's trying to figure out who healed him. <laughs> And then he answers them, and then what? They're very uh, skeptical that mm -hmm. this happened because they're like, "Well, that's not like that's not like an average day, like occupation, like clay. You get to now you now you see. So now this is something surprising to the Pharisees. And maybe in their minds they're thinking, oh, maybe it's a new prophet, or maybe it's a new healer from God.' But then, and that's why I always still feel like that's interesting. That if this was like, I feel like anyone else. If they just said I was a prophet, not the son of God, they would have been so rejoiceful over, oh, cool, we got a prophet. God sent us a healer. Mm -hmm. But just, just because Jesus says he was the Messiah, they immediately go, wait, you fit, you fit the right picture. You're doing everything that the Old Testament said you were going to do. And I really don't think you're the Messiah. After that, I'm, I'm going to point that out. Yeah. They say it all the time. Like even Especially on the Sabbath. That comes up so many times in mm -hmm. John, especially. Like, he did this on the Sabbath. Oh, he did this on the Sabbath. It's like, I can at least think of five or seven times that they keep saying he does it on the Sabbath. You're right. Seven times. Seven miracles that, that Jesus performed oh, yeah, on the Jesus. Sabbath. <laughs> and this is one of them. Seven times. And I don't think he's doing it, you know, intentionally just like, let's say the Sabbath. No, I'm going to stir some people. Well, I can't let's make, get I can't these Pharisees today. I don't think he was doing it intentionally. <laughs> but I think, I think, Jesus is just, is just showing that the people are more important than their policy of not doing things on the Sabbath. Um, I, I, oh, okay. I actually heard this crazy, just absolutely crazy thing. Like there, there are, there are crazy, like strict guidelines that man put in place about what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath of you can do this, but not that. Otherwise it's considered work. You can spit on the, I'm not making this up. You can spit on the Sabbath, but if your spit like pushes the dirt as it, you know, like basically, I guess if you spit forward and it creates a little path in the dirt, that's technically working because it's cultivating the land. It's plowing the dirt and that would be 
illegal on the Sabbath. Um, I wonder if they made that rule because they caught like a bunch of people out in their fields just like spinning <laughs> to try and like make little seed beds for their seeds to plant the next day. So they were like, no, this can't go on any longer. We gotta put a stop to this. Hey, hey, you can spit down. Just better not move that dirt. I wonder if it's like where spit pots came from. Like they started spitting in pots just because they were both not dirt and I can't believe but I, I, I think it's, it's interesting that, you know, they, and we, we see the exact same thing happen in the previous chapter in John 8. You know, they ask him, like, who are you? I am. No, 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 no. But like, who are you? I am. Yeah, but who are you? I am. I am who I am. And that's, that's what happened in John 8. They kept asking who he is. He straight up says, look, I'm the Messiah. And they're like, okay, I, I hear you. But like, who are you? Yeah, I'm the Messiah. Okay, but like, who are you? I am who I said I am. And here he is again, like, who healed you? Oh, Jesus healed me. How? Oh, he, he spit in dirt and put it in my eyes. But who healed you? Jesus did. But how did he do it? He spit in the dirt and rubbed it on, in, in my eyes. And then we pick up where we left off. Verse 26. But what did he do? How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I've told you once. Didn't you listen? Why don't you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him. I think this guy is, is savage. Like this guy can, first off, they just also asked him in, uh, in where was it? In verse, um, they asked him like, where is he? In verse 12, where is he now? Like, dude, I, don't, I just started seeing like 30 seconds ago. I, I don't know where he's at. Like you guys have eyes that have been working your whole life. I don't know where he's at. I don't know. I just think this guy's a savage. Do I look like a man with a plan? And and he's just like 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 why do you want to know where he's at? Like do you want to do you want to follow him too? And they just weren't taking that. And so they they cursed him and said, "You're his disciple. We're disciples of Moses." And again, we see that just from the previous chapter too. Of God is our true father, and Jesus is like, "No, he's not." You say that, but really, you're sons of the devil because you guys only like lies. You don't tell the truth. I walk in the truth. I am the truth. If you were followers of God, you would know that God sent me because I'm from God, but you guys aren't from God. God isn't your father. And they're like, no, your mom. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> and that's, that's basically what it comes down to here. They say, you're his disciple. But we're disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man came from. Why, that's strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? <laughs> we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has ever been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man was not from God, he couldn't have done it. And this is where they, they turn and point and say, oh, yeah, well, your mom is so whatever that sinful she can't even do this. Birth to you. <laughs> Sin, you're this is where they have no response other than to say, oh, yeah, well, you were born a total sinner. And they, and, and they answered, are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. They had no other response other than, oh, yeah, well, 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 you're a sinner. It's like, well, yeah, we, we are. <laughs> yeah. They were blind. 
There's mm-hmm. so much that happens here. The Pharisees think they were like perfect. Yeah. Like they did no sin and they did no wrong. No, they believe that they were cleansed from their sin because of what they did. They knew they sinned, but they believed that they were cleansed for it. Uh, Great I, question to lead into what we'll go into right after this, spiritual well, blindness. I actually, it's in my notes from from way back in the day, but like these are kind of crappy parents, right? <laughs> like, Great, I'm glad someone brought it up. They just kind of immediately throw them under the bus. They're like, but how he sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. It's like, all right. It's like, well, well, he can get kicked out of the synagogue. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he's outside, he's a blind beggar. He's not, you know, his parents aren't taking care of him. clearly nearby. Like, if, they, if the Pharisees were able to just run out mm-hmm. and get them, so. Yeah. They they get a um, bad parent award. <laughs> they don't get Ben points. They don't get Ben points. <laughs> I mean, I want to be the devil's advocate. Because Go for it. If you think about it, like, they didn't even see what happened. Like, how many of us would do the same thing? Or if we were, like, if we were faced with a situation like that where, you know, we're basically having to vouch for God's hand in something that we didn't even see. And we don't know that's God's hand. Mm-hmm. They didn't see him. They didn't see it happen. They know something amazing happened, but that's a lot of risk. And in, in that culture, you get ostracized from the synagogue. You're done with the culture. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, that's no, like, small thing. Yeah. So, like, how many of us would have been like, well, I didn't see it. I'm not. I'm not saying it wasn't God, but I'm not saying it is God because if I do that, I'm going to take the penalty for it, and I'd rather just not be associated. Mm-hmm. I mean, like how many other? I I feel like no. Like, it's it's a big sure. and yeah. they they have to say. Oh, I didn't see. I don't know. They have to say either we're going to believe our son, just straight up believe exactly what our son says because he's our son, or let's just not put our nose in this and not get involved and just you know pretend. Like, ask him. Him. Yeah, like, we're not we're not getting in the middle of this, but you know it specifically says that they were you know they said this because they were afraid that the Jewish leaders you know would essentially kick them out. Yeah, so it's it sure for good reason they don't want to get kicked out. I say like that's a situation that we all face on a regular basis. Like how often do we say things because we don't want to get like or how many of us have faced a situation where we could have said something that would have put us in an awkward position at work and we just didn't say anything mm-hmm. because it would be awkward. Mm-hmm. That's a similar concept yeah. where it's like. We're not going to get ostracized from our culture. Honestly, our culture wouldn't really care. They wouldn't probably listen to us. Maybe people would get mad at us. But, like, all in all, we have really nothing that we're putting on the line to defend our faith or to just bring it up in yeah. any kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us will be like, mm, that's just uncomfortable. I don't want to. And just be quiet and say, well, I'm not saying anything against God. I'm just not saying anything in defense of it. Yeah. I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah. Same same concept. I think that, like, it's not the they're really not allowed to say anything religious and sometimes it's hard especially when you're talking with patients and you're like god this or praise god and i want to be like yes but i don't want because i'm in nursing school i don't want them to be like well you spoke religion and that's not allowed but i want to be able to like be with patients and be like yes praise him do this or like if they ask me why does god do this i don't know the right answer nursing wise because you have to answer not like yourself per se, like you have to say it, like you have 
you just can't use religion a lot and I feel like that would be hard for me especially if I get close to patients or like whatever like I want them to like I want to tell them the truth but I can't and it's kind of hard sure I think there's I think there's discretion there and I think you know you can I don't know um but I know that you know you yeah. You know, I, I, I'd say I'd say especially when a patient says something like, "Perfect," they just open the door. Um, you know, be like, "Oh, like praise God!" Like, you know, I didn't break my bone. Be like, no, no, really, like that. That's great. Like, praise God, he didn't. Like, hey, do you believe in God? And you know, like they just open the door. You're just, you know, just like a conversation. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, my son was just here last week." You wouldn't be like, "Nope," can't ask them what happened. Be like, "What was your son in here for?" Like, you know, it's just following a conversation. Um, you know, they're not going to be like, hi, welcome, come on in, my name's Haley. Do you believe in Jesus? Like, you know, that might be going on, you know, a bit extreme. But, you know, hey, all the more power to you if you do. Um, but I, I think there's, you know, you can always kind of see where it goes. I, I, I've heard Yana tell a lot of stories of, you know, or even times where she'll just have, like, music on kind of, like, quietly in the background. So I'm like, oh, I like this song. And be like, oh, what is this? Or, oh, I know this song. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, do you believe? Or, oh, okay. Or something like, oh, oh yeah. is that your Bible over there? Like, oh, yeah, yep, it is. I think also um, the Spirit can use you in, like, conviction, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you talk to this person, mm-hmm. you know, like, really seek him out first, and he'll take it clear to you if you, maybe sometimes, because sometimes he does have a spider at times, sometimes, and other times he's like, you need to talk to this person right now, yeah. do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. And I think that's what Hannah was talking about a little bit earlier, is the, 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 risk factor there and the parents didn't want to take the risk and I, I agree with you Hannah I didn't even really think about it like that um, but that was a good that was a good call there because like it, it really is a lot like that but um, to your point like even getting fired from something is not as bad as getting kicked out of the synagogue was like not even oh, close yeah. um, so like the reality of that and like I don't have to worry about that so I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do because uh, that's not something that is a reality for me. So, um, but yeah, it's, I think that's a that's a really good call there. Well, I think there's maybe it's just the translation because, like, he says, I think he must be a prophet. He doesn't even say Messiah. He doesn't say Son of God. He says, I think he must be a prophet. Mm-hmm. And then the question later, his parents and they were afraid of the Jews who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. But that's not even, at least the way that I read this, maybe the understanding was prophet equals Messiah, and maybe that's what I'm missing. But they weren't even willing to say he was he was a prophet. Like that, to me, is all that's being asked here. And they're not even willing to say that. So it's just, it's, it is interesting. I do agree 100% with you, but it's, it's just interesting, the verbiage of, like, they weren't even willing to say that this man was special. I mean, <laughs> to be fair... Um, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. To be fair, did we get... How far did we get down? 34. 34, fantastic. Yeah, right at the end there, uh, 33 and 34. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us and they cast him out. So to your point, yes, he didn't even say that he was the Messiah, at least not here. Um, but they still kicked him out anyway. Right, so, yeah. right. so, oh, he's, no, so the progression that has happened here so far of um, like the, the blind man, the guy who was blind, has an increase in awareness of who Jesus is. He goes from uh, verse 11, 
he's just a man called Jesus. You know, I'm lying, but I've heard people call this guy Jesus. Down to verse 17. He's a prophet. He must be a prophet. And then to verse 33, we're, we're about at right now. He's a man from God. He's not saying that he's God yet, but he's saying, you know, he must be from God. A person who's not from God couldn't have done this. So he went from a man named Jesus to, he must be a prophet, to he's a man from God. And then there's one more progression that, that comes up here. Anything else? Anybody else want to say anything before we get into 35 to the end? Go for it. I just noticed something that, so also never once did Jesus like introduce himself as Jesus to the blind man. So I'm wondering if even beforehand he hasn't even heard of Jesus before. So when he got saved, when he woke up, he was just there. Jesus was probably gone. And he got immediately brought to the Pharisees. And then also the Pharisees, when he asked, or if this man were not of God, he could he could do nothing. They answered, Wait, thou wast... I hate this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> Thou wast all together born in, in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. That I was thinking it's funny because I I read John and the Pharisees that when they cast the stones, he said, "If you haven't sinned, or if you haven't sinned, then throw the first stone." So clearly they have sinned, and now they think they've been saved. So then why now that this man has been saved by clearly someone that only that came from God had to have done? Now, he, now he's been saved because whatever sin he did before he was born made him blind. Now he's been saved from that. That now they're saying, oh, but you've sinned. You were born with sin. And then they're like, they cut him off. They let him say anything and then question, are you trying to teach us something? And then cast him out. Hmm. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, that just, that to me, I see um, just twi the twisting of scripture, I guess you can call it. That they clearly aren't men of God in any way because they're kind of doing a double standard on people. They're like, right. they're only in this position so they can stay at the top of the uh, culture, the top of whatever social pyramid they're in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy just like totally took him to school. Like, he just yeah. said like true stuff. Mm -hmm. That's all he and they're like, you know what? You're out of here. Yeah. We won't tolerate that. And. To that that part. Are you yeah, he, he used complete reasoning of like, God doesn't answer, God doesn't answer sinners, and they're like, okay, but and and you know, so you can't say that he's a sinner, like, because he just God just answered him, like he just worked through this guy. So I can't say he's a sinner or not, but hey, right, one other thought, um, Zach, real quick. I love the simplicity in verse twenty five. This I think this might be my favorite sentence. In this whole part so far, you know, they keep asking how and who and, you know, they keep asking how it happened and who did this. And he's getting tired of answering the same thing. He's like, look, all I know is I was blind and now I see, you know, like take it as you will. You know, I don't know how it happened. I can't explain how, you know, the particles in the dirt made my eyes see but all i know is i was blind and now i'm not i love the simplicity of it and i, I think it just goes to to say that like we don't have to know 
how everything works. You know, I, I can't even explain the simplest of things that we use every day of like electricity, right? Like how is it that I plug my cord into the wall and put the other end into the phone and now it's got juice for the rest of the day? I don't know. I can't explain electricity. And even if I was an electrician and I can, I know exactly how the, I don't know, the Jimmy Neutrons and the protons and everything comes together. Like, I can't explain how the things work, why they work, what they do. I can't explain how uh, me, you know, moving my tongue and making air come out moves sound vibrations that hit off of your eardrum that register to a certain noise and frequency and detects and understands words. I can't explain that. All I know is it does. I can't explain how I can look at one thing and it looks red to me. Um, but it's because it's not actually red. It's because I think it's like every color but red, but the way our eyes work is the opposite, something like that. I don't understand how it works. It just does. I was blind and now I can see. It's as simple as that. Go for it, Zach. Yeah. I, first of all, his, his little monologue from 30 to 34 is, or 30 to 33 is absolutely spectacular, I, I think. It's just so good. To your point, he's just being straight savage. He's like, well, we already know I'm getting kicked out anyway. So like, <laughs> let's, just, let's just go for gold here. Um, <laughs> he said, now that is remarkable. You like, don't even uh, know where he came from? Yeah, and like, and the, the, the beautiful irony that we have here is that they are spiritually blind. Mm -hmm. And he was physically blind, but they are spiritually blind. And that's where it really comes into, um, it, it's just, it's so fantastic that he, the way that he phrases this. And uh, he's like, well, we know, they're like, well, we know we follow Moses. And we knew that God spoke to Moses. So therefore, like by proximity, they're like, therefore we follow God. And he's like, He's like, well, it's really interesting. That's 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 some interesting logic because you don't even know who this guy is or where he came from. Yet, uh, he opened my eyes, and uh, that's never happened before. So, like, literally like, in the history of <laughs> ever. Mm -hmm. And it's it it almost it almost could contradict if you think about it uh, in that type of way. But I I don't think it does. Where he says whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and I see. But later he's like, wait a minute, hold up. No, if he was a sinner, he wouldn't have been able to do this because God doesn't God doesn't listen to sinners or whatever by your logic, and um, and so uh, yeah, it's just it's absolutely spectacular. I love it. Yeah, I think one other important thing here before we get to this last part and let me wrap up. Um, you know, they keep asking how how it happened, um, but if they understand the who, I think they'd get the how, and it, I think it'd be like. You know, let's let's take um, McCabe. McCabe does construction stuff. He builds tables. Let's say you see this this beautiful long table with beautiful color, and you see the grain of the wood, and you go, "How did this happen? Where did this come from?" And and you see, um, I don't know. You, you see a toddler around, and you're like. How did you do this? How? How did this get here? That's the wrong question. If you're like, how did this come to be? You know, that's one thing, but I don't think it's the right question. It's who? Who? And then you see McKay walk in. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, because 
He does this kind of thing. And they're asking, how did this happen? How did you see? How were you blind? And now you can see. How did this happen? Jesus. Oh, okay. Yeah, that miracle worker, the guy who's the son of God, the guy who is God himself. That makes sense. You know, they, they, they weren't getting the, the how because they weren't getting the who. And you need the who for the how. Okay, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of this podcast. <laughs> okay. You need the who for the how. Oh, I really like that, though. They need the who for the how. Yeah. That really, I don't know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Because, because. Like, when you're thinking about all the things, like, let's say, you have a bill you have to pay. Mm-hmm. How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to pay it? So now you're just making yourself so anxious and so worried about this bill you have to pay. Other than you should be saying, Okay, I'm, I'm, I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He died for me. Who is Jesus? And then you just think about who Jesus is and who he, you, who he was in the Bible. You look back, read your Bible, say, okay, he did this for people. He did all these miracles. That's who Jesus is. And the Jesus in the Bible is the Jesus now. The God in the Bible is the God now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not going to change. So yeah. Like you said, if you focus on who, who the mm-hmm. who is. You know, then you get, then eventually the how just kind of yeah falls into place. Happen, but it, it falls into place, and, and, you'll see, and you don't even have to understand the how. Things. You'll see how things fit like a little puzzle. Like that's the thing I've been looking for. Yeah, it's gonna be like almost last second. Mm-hmm. I Not think last second, but it's gonna be perfect timing to where you see it and you're like, that's it. I need to do that. I think that's the challenge for the week. You know, whenever you're doubting, whenever you have a question of, of how is this going to happen? How? Am I going to figure this out? How is this going to fall into place? Before you worry about the how, figure out who, who are you trusting it about. Exactly. Who's on the throne in your life? You know, I, I can question, like, how did I walk away from the accident without a scratch or a bump or a bruise? I don't know how. But I know who was protecting me. I know who I trusted my life with. All right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, this verse makes me think like um, we are trying, we are always trying to make uh, make sense of things. But this verse is like, it's not about me. It's not who I am or what I do or how it's going to happen. It's everything about him and about his power. Mm-hmm. So when I sit back in my life, I can see many things that God did for me and no one, I think, makes sense. Makes sense mm-hmm. because he is in another uh, another level. Yeah. So I can't understand almost everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Ultimately, the how isn't important. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Things. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna do in his way. It's fine. It's gonna be perfect. Yep. It makes no sense. Yeah. How does it work? No. no idea. But who did the work? Jesus. Why did he yeah. choose to do that yeah. instead of just telling him to see, like mm-hmm. he, like he just told the lame man to get up and walk? Like, why did he choose that? I don't know. Does it really yeah. matter? Probably not. Yeah. I'm figuring that out because I like to figure out how. Like, I want to plan how this is going to happen and how that's going to work out, and like how I can fix what needs to be fixed. When really doesn't matter how, it's who I'm trusting in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't trust myself to fix and do and get stuff done. When it's like stuff out of my control completely, it's literally like I. That's literally the message. Not the who, not the how, but the who. Who am I yeah. entrusting all of my life to ultimately? 
Cool. Awesome. Let's get into this last part. Spiritual blindness. Uh, who wants to take it? Short part, 35 to 41. 35 bonus points. Ben points, what? if you read is it. Is your guys separated? Yeah, mine is. Cool. Jesus heard they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. So we see the final, um, I guess, step in this guy's awareness, right? From verse 11 He's just a man called Jesus. To verse 17, he's a prophet. To verse 33, he's a, he must be a man of God, sent from God. And now the guy realizes he is the son of God. He's worthy of worshiping. He starts worshiping him. He says, yes, yes Lord, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus. Did you guys ever see the movie Jesus of Nazareth? It's like an old movie. Not sure. Well, this is one of my favorites. It's like a six-hour movie that goes through all of like the gospel down. Um, but at Easter, my family always watches like the end portion, like a few scenes leading up to like the Passion of Christ. Um, and this is always the scene that we start with because it's hmm. me and my dad. Me and my dad's favorite scene, um, just because like I don't know the the way that they carry this out and like the way that that actor portrays Jesus interacting with the Pharisees is like very powerful. And so I was thinking that when I read this. <laughs> nice. I think it's interesting that Jesus once again seeks out this man. You know, Jesus, you know, this guy wasn't like, you know, running around looking for him. Like, mm-hmm. hey, him, hey, where is Jesus? I want to I wanna thank the guy who healed me. Like, he's not looking for him. Jesus, again, seeks him out. Meets him right where he's at. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the thing Jesus says when he's like, who is he? I want to believe in him. You have seen him. Which, to say that to a man who was just blind for your entire their entire life, you've seen him. And he's speaking to you right now. Wow. I can't. It's almost like a reminder. Hey, remember how you couldn't see before? Now you can. And you're looking at the one who, who is the Lord. And he just says, yes, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. That, like, immediate go-to for worship. Like, that response to not only what he's been told, which is the Son of, you know, the Son of God is speaking to you, but also what was just accomplished on your behalf for you. Mm-hmm. Moving him to worship, like... How much more can we think about times in our own lives where it's like God comes through in like just the incredible way that he does, whatever it might be, small, big, whatever it is. And we like, oh, thank you, know, thank you, Lord. 
so we go on with our day like and we write it down and we look back on it like but the worship like having that be the posture of our heart in that moment of being like so over the moon and overjoyed and filled with his joy over what's been accomplished what you know proof of our salvation that he's with us that the relationship is true and enduring like how much more should that be the po- the pose that we take of like oh i want to worship you like i don't want to just say thank you i want to worship you like i and i want that to be like daily my 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 daily mindset of like you are worthy of it like we were saying earlier like you i think mentioned like god is good regardless period like mm-hmm. there is no conditions or like he's good because he is god like how much more do we worship him for that like i, I just really love that part of like yes lord i believe and he worship like faith professed and worshiped like that's it that's what it comes down to yeah which is great such simple actions and progression for this guy you know don't know how i was blind i don't see i want to believe oh you're him i believe and worship and it's just so simple i think sometimes you know church religion us sometimes just make it like more complicated like but like i need this to happen and then like when this happens then i'll worship god and i'll thank him for it has anybody ever oh man i've done it has anybody ever gone you know like god help me find it or like not to this extreme but like you know people who be like god if if you open up a, i'm running late if you open up a parking spot and i'm going back to church this week and then you're like oh there's a parking spot oh no like okay i'll take it but or, or that kind of situation where it's like god if if you just do this you're bargaining you're negotiating with god god if only you somehow like just part this traffic so i can make it to wherever in time i won't be late god if if somehow you know like just set my time clock back five minutes so i'm not late today or god if you just open up a parking spot help me find it like i've paid for parking spots before i don't i don't think it's wrong to because he he tells us he tells us to pray about everything he doesn't say not to but you know not not as a bargaining he wants to do it he loves us you know he seeks he seeks us out he meets us where we're at too not just you know you don't have to just be blind for god to meet you where you're at i think verse 41 is or verse 40 and 41 are, are super critical. Um, so effectively the Pharisees are like, oh, so I guess we're blind. And Jesus effectively says, hey, you not getting it isn't the sin. Like the fact that you don't get it isn't the problem. It's the fact that you don't get it and you pretend to get it and you lie about getting it. Like there are so many people, his disciples don't understand it. Like so many people, this guy didn't understand it. At, at first, even when Jesus comes up to him, he's like, uh, who, yeah, who is this son of man that I might believe him? Um, so it's not, that's not the problem. The problem is uh, the effect, effectively, uh, them just lying about knowing the truth mm-hmm. um, and not knowing. Yeah. 41 is a total mic drop. Yeah. You're not blind. You're not, if you're blind, that's not, that doesn't make you guilty. But claiming that you can see does. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? 
Yeah, just imagine how if everybody was like this man, like just a simple, simple thing. Like you said, it was so simple. You know, a lot of times, even ourselves, we like, for example, we pray for a parking lot. Then we find a parking lot, it was like, well, it could have been there. I don't, maybe it was not God. That parking lot was already open. Mm -hmm. You know, we question him all the time or we question our faith. It was like, wait, is God really real? But, you know, we've seen his miracles. It's like, that's why we all here. So we know he's real. We know. So why do we have doubt? And like that guy, he was like, in the beginning, he, it seemed like he didn't even know God. So of course he questioned, like, I'm, I'm blind now. I can see. I don't know. Like, who is this guy? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's 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 true, but then God comes to us and he's like, Yeah, it was me, I'm God and and he's like, Okay, and simple as that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? I, if it was that simple, everybody would be a believer. Yeah. And it was a choice. You know, he could have he could have been healed and there were times where like Jesus sent a whole bunch of people who had leprosy in and you know, and then they all came out healed and only a few of them came back to worship God and the rest of them just went away. And he said, Where's the rest of them? You know, we can choose to to take what happened and say that's because of God or choose to just say, eh, you know, I can walk away from the, the car accident. You know, for me, that's something that's relevant and, you know, still in my head. I can choose to walk away from it and say, nah, God didn't protect me. Like, I just, you know, didn't hit the guy in a, in a, in a bad angle or I just got lucky, you know, like it was just good. I think he just started to turn the wheel too, you know, it was really just like I hit him at the perfect angle and it was great, like all luck. Good thing I'm good. But no, I choose to say, no, God protect me. There's no reason why I'm walking away without a scratch or anything on me. Like, it was all God. And a guy could have been like, no, I think like, you know, I don't know. It doesn't say how old he is. Maybe 30, whatever. You know, it could have just been like, no, I, I think like, I think today was the day I was going to start seeing. You know, I, I think it was just a matter of time until I got some dirt in my eye to, to rub out the blindness and, and wash it clean. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't him. It was just, it was just going to happen today, actually. Uh, but no, he chooses to say, it was him. I don't know how, but I know who. My final thought mm -hmm. from 34. Like, the first part, you were born a total sinner, and you answered, like, that, that, sure. But what really gets me is the, are you trying to teach us? And did you not understand <laughs> That just speaks so much to even our, like, I know it myself too, but this prideful posture that mm. you take of like, no, there's no way that I can learn something from you. Yeah. They're not they don't have teachable spirits. They don't have humble spirits. They have a high and mighty, holier than thou, because that's what they practice. Yeah. That was exactly that was their their way of thinking based off of what they had instituted. And they elevated themselves. And I think all of us at one point in time can be guilty of that. And it's just like a slap in the face too. Again, like, are you trying to teach us? Like, God, remind me that I can learn from anybody. Mm -hmm. And I should be putting myself in a position to learn and receive from other people. Not thinking that I can't learn something or that I can't be teached about faith because I've arrived somewhere like yeah. that. The minute that we start to believe that we've arrived mm. to some standard of thinking or belief and our faith is good and we don't, you know, we, we don't need mentors. We don't need sermons or other, like we're on a very dangerous place to be yeah. slippery slope of yeah. like, putting ourselves in a position where God did not ever intend for us to be. Mm -hmm. 
I just, I, that's, that's a huge reminder for me of like, I need a teachable spirit in every aspect of life, not just where I think I need to learn, but like in any and every place Yeah. to be humble enough to learn and receive from other people. Yeah. It almost reminds me of like the simplicity of kids, like their, their innocence, but also just their, their strong faith. I think, yeah, I think you were showing me a video, I think the other day or last week or something where this little girl who like was paralyzed or had a brace on her arm, like then the, the day before she was going to get her brace finally taken off, then like she broke her leg or something like that. And I think the parent asked like, like, why did, why did this happen? And she said, I don't know, but God must have a reason. And it's, you know, she had a brace on like for her whole life and the day before it was going to come off and like she broke another bone and, and she and the dad are there crying, a little girl. And it's like, the dad's asking like, why, why do you think this happened? Or like, what, what's going on? I don't know, but I know God has a plan for it. And it's just such a simple, um, you know, not even just innocent, but just such a simple response of like, I don't know why it's happening, but I know yeah, who's, like, but I know who's handling it. I also know what you just said. So it's funny that you say like child as an example. It's one of my favorite parts in the, I guess the gospel or the new Testament is when he takes his 12 disciples to the top of the mountain and he's basically just giving them the business on what it means to be a disciple and what it means to basically pretty much what they're about to get into. Like pretty much what he's about to start teaching people, what he's about to tell people. And I don't know exactly what verse, but he starts telling them, he was like, be like a child. Mm -hmm. He was like, children, if you lose that child, then it's, you like same thing, like you can't be rich. Or I'm going off on a tangent now. If you're even saying about like rich people, it's harder for a rich person to get to heaven than it is a poor person. Not saying rich people can't go to heaven, but it's harder because there's that extra layer of you got money now, mm-hmm. you have security now, yep. you have this now. You may not need God that much. Yeah. Now, but it's still not impossible. You, you, you can still be a rich person still and be a poor person. Same thing with a child. It's easier to find your faith, easier to follow Jesus as a child than it is as an adult because as an adult you have all this knowledge or you know how the world works. But as a child, they have absolutely no idea how the world works. They're just going off pure Mm-hmm. Faith. <laughs> yep. And that's a child faith. I love it. Cool. Well, I'll cut it off here. I, I love this discussion, guys. I feel like we we're keep talking for another hour. It's great. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of stuff is like so simple. It's like, okay, just this happened, and then the part about spiritual blindness, but it's so good. God is so good. Um, cool. I'll close out and then we'll split for a little bit. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for um the example that you show us here of um, of, of just how simple it is to, to understand, um, who to not worry about the how, not worry about physically how things happen or how something, a procedure might take place or how all these things need to happen before this, or we reach our goal. Um, God help us to just lean on who lean on you, God, lean on who is in control. Um, and that if you're not in control, that we put you in control, we put you on the throne of our hearts. Because um, if you're not the one in control, then someone else is, and that's not a good place to be at. Um, God, help us to evaluate that this week. Help us to lean into who? Help us to lean into you. And yeah, just that we all um, choose to praise you, God. Choose to praise your name. Because um, we're all still alive and breathing. So help us to choose to praise you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in this week. Come back again.